All right. So, all right. I, I don't know if you saw this thing from uh, Black Lives Matter where they put out uh, this list about all the things that they consider to be derived from whiteness, right? So uh, things like logic, <laughs> um, family, fatherhood, the scientific method, um, reason, you know, uh, these things that no- hard work. Was right? that the one that had like being on time? Yeah. Be, well, I don't know if it's about being on time, but I wouldn't be surprised if it were being on time. But but those four things I said just now were classic examples, supposedly, of whiteness. That that you are to to put those up as values. Well, those are white values and therefore offensive somehow. Right? We shouldn't be living by those those values. Okay. So you you and I say that's crazy, right? It's just simply crazy. And. You know, Dennis Prager brought up a good point, but I mean, it's a point that comes instantly to mind. It's not that hard. Um, you, you think to yourself, wait a minute. <laughs> if, if the Republicans uh, had said something to the effect of, well, you know, white people, we, we, we're on time and we believe in hard work and, and black people don't, you know, <laughs> you, you would, that the wrath that would descend upon you would be incalculable, right? If the KKK had said, and not that we uh, align ourselves whatsoever with the KKK, nor should it be aligned, they're in fact the Democrat Party. But if the, this is something you would expect the KKK to say. Because it's racist. Right. It's just flat it, out. It's flat it out racist. racist. Yeah. Yes. No, they, they don't value family. They don't value logic. They're, they're not, you know, uh, for the scientific method or reason. These, you would say, that's just, I mean, how dehumanizing can you possibly be? Right? And they would be right. But it's, but Black Lives Matter says uh, that to to um, to value such things is itself racist. That it's a reflection of whiteness. Right, and what they're essentially saying, I think you're getting as, on the one hand, they're saying these positive attributes are reflections of whiteness with a derisive tone in their voice. But the counter argument they are making in the 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 vacuum of their logic is. People who are not white are not those things, right? Which is where the racism is. Well, right? yeah, like, like the, they're being they value racist. It. Yeah, the, 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 I think what they're trying to say is that that your aspiration toward these things is uh, derived from your whiteness, and you don't even realize it. Okay, so uh, likewise with Christianity. Now that's the new thing that if you if you espouse Christian values, then that's really white values, and you're being duped. Yeah, right? like the golden rule, do unto others. <clears throat> sure. You know, sure, exactly turn right. the other cheek. It's, yeah. it's an absurd thing. And so, I mean, it's just, it's, it's one of those things. This is too easy, right? I mean, I, yeah. if, you, if you, if the KKK or any racist were to say such things about blacks, he would be correctly called the racist bastard that he is. But the blacks, black people, not all blacks, of course, BLM, at least, is saying this about themselves. Right, right. and I think an important point is that Black Lives Matter, the group, yeah. not the phrase, is not a black group. It is a white, liberal, feminist, communist group. Oh, yeah. If you go to or see pictures of any Black Lives Matter event, yes, they will put black people in the front row for the TV cameras, but it's comprised mostly of either white women or very feminized white men. 
Of course. It, uh, it's it's a white group. And, and truly, they're right there when they say that there's no difference between men and women, at least in that regard. Right? No, yeah, okay. Yes. So if I were to say about Jews, you and I are Jews, that, you know, the difference between Jews and Christians is that, you know, you don't love money. Uh, or whatever it is. I mean, it's, it's crazy. The things that they'll say, or, you know, all the stereotypes associated with Jews or Christians, for that matter, however you play it, and then say these things. I mean, I would just be feeding into my own anti-Semitism. Right? Yeah, I think the way you'd want to phrase it is something, you know, Christians just don't love money like other groups, and right. they don't value free air. Right. By having those smaller noses of theirs. What, yeah. What, because what you're basically saying is, and that's what I mean by the vacuum of logic, hey, Jews are money grubbers and they got big schnozzes. Right. Uh, right? I, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's so stupid. I, I can't even, it's so hard to wrap my mind around what's going on. If you were to tell me 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, I think even one year ago, that this would be an argument that a group called Black Lives Matter, ostensibly on behalf of black people, would make, you would say, okay, now that, that's absurd. I mean, it's like, I, I mean, it's almost as bad as saying, or almost as weird as saying, you know, uh, <clears throat> the fact that you, I'm not allowed to float in the air and defy gravity is a racist thing, okay? Yeah. I mean, like, all, the laws of gravity, good for today, apply equally to blacks and whites, Okay, and Asians, and Mexicans, everything. It's Every human. Gravity. All lives are affected by gravity, <laughs> right? Right. right. Gra- <laughs> yeah. As I like to say, gravity, it's not just an idea. It's the law. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, but it affects everyone, right? But, but oh, it might be white and patriarchal, for all I know. I, I don't know. The, the logic just goes poof out the window. So here's the next way to look at this. Let's assume, for the sake of discussion, that Black Lives Matter gets what it wants in, in this regard that we're talking about, that, that logic is a white man's uh, you know, uh, mindset, uh, likewise with common sense, likewise with uh, the scientific method, likewise with family, um, and the nuclear family in particular. Likewise with not shooting someone for disrespecting you. No, no, no. I'm, let's let's stick with what they talked about. Okay, yeah. let's say. Okay, so all right. Let's let's get rid of logic, right? Because it's it's a white thing, yeah. apparently, according to BLM. Let's get rid of the nuclear family because it's a white thing. Yeah. Nah. Let's get rid of the scientific method and math. Good point. The notion of truth and justice. Let's get rid of those things because yeah. we we now recognize and we agree with you, Black Lives Matter, that in fact, you know, now that we think about it, maybe it is a white thing and it's racist in and of itself. Yeah, and and, and, and that's a bad bad thing. So we will get rid of it for for you. Now here's the question: Do you want to live in that world? Do you want to live in a world without, say, logic? Right? What what happens when you get there? I mean, yeah. it's like the dog that chases. The, the car, and I'm not equating blacks to dogs, okay? I'm simply saying that the famous example of a, a dog chasing a car, and then, you know, the question is, well, what does he do once he gets there? Yeah, right? well, it's the Michael Moore answer. We'll figure out what we'll figure, to replace capitalism uh, with once we destroy it. Right, or, or a fairly recent example of, uh, of, from a movie, Nemo. One of the cutest things in that movie was they had this very cool plan to roll themselves out of the window in these paper ba- uh, plastic bags, 
and uh, they would eventually just, you know, roll themselves into the ocean and freedom, here we come, right? So sure enough, that's exactly what they are able to do at the end of the movie. And then they're in the, uh, the ocean, but they're still in their plastic bags, right? And they turn to each other and say, now what? Right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very cute ending. But somehow, I do you remember <clears throat> in the 1990s, Larry Elder would talk about this a bunch, but it was it was a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a move to legitimize the use of, if you will, Ebonics in actual language education in right. public schools. I do remember that. Ebonics is a fancy word for jive. And if you don't remember what jive is, watch the movie Airplane. Okay. You know, where they make fun of it. Anyway, how is this not the natural extension of where that would go? Because it's the elimination of language that we've seen through uh, the speech codes and reimagining, if you will, the definitions of things. And then, of course, well, if you get rid of language and thought, well, of course, math goes and logic would go. And then uh, civil society, standard conduct behavior, the the way we interact. And the point you make is, great, what kind of world would it be? when these things are actually eliminated and would one want to live right. in it because you're basically talking about if you go the natural extension of things a, lang- a, a world where humans are essentially reduced to grunting savage animals right Right. that's, that's all it would be and at the end of the day <clears throat> that's what you're asking for if you're saying that these things logic, a scientific method, truth the nuclear family, two plus two for that matter. Police. <laughs> yeah, police, good point. Um, law and order. If yeah. these things are white and you don't want whiteness and you want to acknowledge that all this stuff is garbage, okay, so poof, let's, let's just snap our fingers and now you have that world. Do you want to live in it? Right. And, and, okay, and, so, so wait, hold on, yeah. hold on. So to some extent, sadly, the black uh, community already has... The one of those things uh, missing, which is the, the nuclear family, right? Yeah, fatherlessness. Father, fatherlessness is a huge problem, especially in the black community. It's, it's pretty bad in the white community. I mean, it's, it's, it's already creeping yeah, in the white Yeah, it's spreading, yes. 25% of uh, white kids are born to families that are, are out of wedlock and, more importantly, uh, without a father. <clears throat> so that's bad. Uh, in, in, uh, in the black family, it's 75%. So... It's, it's awful. So that leads to all sorts of bad consequences, including crime and drugs and, uh, I mean, I break down a law and order. And you're, you're seeing it in Chicago and to a lesser extent in New York, but don't worry, New York is going to be like Chicago soon enough. Yeah, or L.A. public schools Absolutely. It's just, it's, it's, it's just tragic. tragic. It's just tragic. Yeah. And, and as white people... We find this horrible because it hurts human beings, no matter what their color. Of course. It's, That's it's, how unracist we are. Well, it, it, we don't need to prove our unracist uh, we, bona fides. Uh, yeah. we, they're the ones who talk about racism all the time. We keep on wanting to get away from this, this discussion. We are past racism. We well, should be past racism. Hold right. on. And I feel like, you know, you ever you remember that Saturday Night Live uh, skit? With uh, Phil Hartman, he it was a, the uh, the anal retentive chef. Yeah, the guy who can never get to any cooking done because yes. he get obsessed with tiny little things like the butter cozy. It, it, exactly right. So he says, "Well, you know, you want to make sure the butter doesn't melt such a way. So let's put this away right now." And and then they put the styrofoam cup, and, and he never get. And then by the end of the show, he says, "Well, it looks like we never got to actually cooking anything." But thank you for another installment of such a. Okay, it was the anal retentive chef, and it was so funny. But I feel like we're as we as a society are are in a, an episode of the anal retentive chef. We we cannot focus 
on what really matters. You know, we can't seem to get to that goal because we're constantly getting lost in the minutia of things that were long resolved ago, long ago resolved. That's what I think. Yeah, I see you like this point a lot. Yeah. And, and, and we're stuck like the anal retentive chef. Yeah, well, are we, or is the, and I, I don't want to bring up a whole dissertation point about the, you know, tangent on the media, but it's, to me, we are past it. We're fine. Most people you encounter on the street are fine. That's why I think Trump wins 50 states, because it's funny. Most people I encounter are normal, no matter yep. what color they are. Yep. It's media and cultural influence and um, manipulation, if you will, that makes people think we're on this treadmill of nothingness and nowhereness. Yeah. Uh, you know, because the, it, it, Los Angeles is a vast landscape. I mean, a gigantic area, right? And I uh, hate riots and statue toppling or whatever, but when the media shows it to you, like say the this thing that happened in the Fairfax district or Santa Monica on the on that Saturday and Sunday, yep. one would assume watching the TV that it stuff is everywhere, right? And it's not. Well, that's it's the this problem. This dot, it's that dot. That, the problem is that <clears throat> I agree with you. Most people are normal <clears throat> in their day to day lives, and they live day to day lives involving logic and math <laughs> and reasoning and the scientific method yeah. and the and hopefully the family structure, but and justice, but. The problem we have is that the, a very small minority, but it is very powerful, whether that's the New York Times or otherwise, that they, they command the narrative so that when we do get together for the coffee breaks or for the water cooler or getting together for Thanksgiving or hanging out at a barbecue with your family on the weekend, uh, these are the topics that we discuss. And they end up saying things like, I don't have a racist bone in my body. And they're like, this is crazy, isn't it? And I just gave $1,000 to Black Lives Matter. Barack, isn't that great? Isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah. So, and and then then you... People feel like they need to do something and, and be you know part of this narrative. So you know, you have these idiots like this one woman, and in fact, I'm sure there are several of them who decides that it, it, you know they will go wash the feet and kiss the feet of blacks uh, because as some sort of great apology for all the sins of the slavery and everything else. So <clears throat> yes, it's a it's a very uh, most people don't think this way, but the people who do think this way they control the narrative. Okay, they're a very loud very loud uh, group, uh, a minority within the minority. That's, yeah, that's, that's what I, I'm agreeing. They control the channels of mass communication. And, but uh, my point is that's the problem more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's, it's, it's quite a lot of suffering in the, uh, in the community because of this. So look, the, the, the thing that we will look back on one day is the madness of the defunding of the police and, and then dismantling of the police. In New York now, they're going to uh, decide to handle traffic stops by unarmed civilians who will be trained in dealing with confrontations somehow. Okay? So just to give you an example. I won't be pulling over then. Yeah, no. What, <laughs> you know? yeah, what, what do you do? What do you do other than the classic you know, example? Uh, you know, you and I are law-abiding citizens. We would pull over to the extent that they can, you know, they could capture our license plate number, and then we might, you know, be hauled into court one way or the other. Okay, so we, you and I would stop, but the point is, the armed cop is not there for the law-abiding citizen. He's there in the event of a non-law-abiding citizen, right? Really? Yeah, I know. It's a shock. Yeah, that's the way it works. You heard it here Ooh. first on the Breckleary podcast. Wow. Yeah. Never thought of that. <laughs> so. Uh, 
do you want to live in this world? It's, it's not going to be pretty. I mean, you, I mean like, like the fish in the end of uh, Nemo, uh, Finding Nemo, what, what now? Right? I mean, it's just so breathtakingly bizarre. Yeah, well, I, I think it even is more sinister than that because... Of course if, it is. If, There's much more going on. there's, you know, the move to the Chinese surveillance state model, imagine all traffic... Uh, everything is now handled electronically, yeah. right? That's an incredibly sinister world, right? Because where does it end? Yeah, you know, so right. are speech codes now going to be policed? Are cameras and microphones everywhere? I mean, the level of thought control, uh, the way, if you will, Reagan's warning coming to life of liberty being gone, Yes. Because we chose to take the human element out of law enforcement because of minor flaws in the human element fluctuations over, you know, large numbers of incidents. Uh, okay. So, you know? uh, yeah. so the point is I can see it coming as part of the Agenda 21 world. Oh, I, I, we, you know? we know what the real purpose is. I understand that. But when you live in a world without logic, without the scientific method, without justice, without truth, without the family structure – you know, what do you think is going to replace it? It's, right. it's not going to be pretty. But apparently that's what they want. It, this is their world. And uh, anyway, I, look, it can't possibly be what they want, right? Now, the other alternative is that because if you asked Black Lives Matter, and again, I'm talking about the Marxists out there and the ones that we see extreme. like talking about the group, not the phrase. Yeah. What would you, let's say you gave them everything that they want. And just say, look, we're not even here to compromise. We're just here to ask you what you want. And we'll do it. Okay? We'll be, we'll be happy. Uh, well, I mean, whatever you want. We just don't want to deal with this anymore. We don't want the violence. We don't want anything. What do you want? I put it to you, Ari, that even if they said, you know what? Get your, whites, your white butts out of here, out of America. We are taking over. We want to be taken over. Uh, we want to, to take over the entire country, um, and we're going to run it. Uh, you know, the only way to be not racist is to make sure that there's not a single white here because every white is racist, and until there's no whites, we don't want, we, there, there will not be the end of racism. So we're, that, that's how we want to be. And so the whites, like they promised, say, all right, um, fair back share. Back for us. You know, back to Europe for us. We'll find a way to get somewhere else, and, and that's that. I put it to you that even after that happens which is be absurd, of course, they would say still, like, well, you left, it, left us with this bizarre infrastructure that it is inherently flawed, and still we see the remnants of racism affecting us to this day. Did, did you, by any chance, see the quote from one of those high ministers from the country of Zimbabwe on that subject? Go, go ahead. Very interesting. Uh, Zimbabwe, formerly Rhodesia, did basically what you talked about, the white... Uh, colonists gave up all control to the Mugabe regime. Mugabe died last right. year. Mm -hmm. He put in communism. Uh, a famine came. And last, uh, a few weeks ago, one of the high ministers of the Mugabe regime said, the famine is all the whites' fault because they didn't leave us with the knowledge of how to farm. Right. That's right. Exactly okay. what you said. All right. Yeah. So I'm not surprised. He, he confirmed the model. <laughs> and they're communists, i.e. Marxists. Uh. You know what's so, such a shame, and this will lead us into the last point I want to make today. Um, what's such a shame is that if you actually looked at the history of black progress, uh, was it perfect? Absolutely not. But, but, 
if you looked at the, the any graph of any kind uh, of black progress from, let's say, 1920 through 1964, yes, that's right, there's a certain reason why we, we refer to 1964, um, and you would see progress on every level for the black, typical black family. Uh, marriage rates were great. Uh, jobs were and promotions were improving. Yeah, okay? it living in houses with TVs and air conditioners. Right, you know, the was whole, it was it the to the level thing. of uh, you know the classic uh, white person uh, who was making that? No, okay, it wasn't. But it was improving every year. It was getting better. Okay, as the Beatles said, it was getting better all, all the, the time. time. Yeah, exactly right. And you know, and church attendance was great. Fatherless, uh, there was really virtually no fatherlessness yeah. going on at all. Uh, there were more people were married in and, and having fathers in the black community than there were in the white community, which is really, a, you know, a good statement. Um, and, and by the way, the reason for that was, was there was more Christianity. Thank you very much. Right. There was cohesion, family cohesion, cohesion republicanism and religion. Right. And, and all those good things were happening. Um, people were, were breaking down barriers anyway. I mean, not just athletically, but also in business. Um, everywhere you were looking, there were inroads being made for blacks, and racism was not just slowly being chipped away, but methodically being chipped away, because people began to see, uh, consistent with Voltaire's one correct statement in his entire life, that racism was stupid. That was it was economically stupid. If you if you're choosing between two people, one black, one white, and the and the black guy is more competent, uh, more efficient, whatever, you're a moron if you don't hire the black guy. That's right. right. If if somebody wants to buy your house, and he is willing to pay your premium price that you're asking for, and nobody else's, you're a moron for not selling it to him. No matter right? what he looks like. Yeah, the the, the, right. the one the one color that remains consistent is the color of money, right? and right. that's green, baby. All right. So uh, that much we know. Anyway, the bottom line is the family was doing just fine. The blacks were doing were improving slowly. You can say it was too slowly. Fine, but it yeah. was still improving. The progress the progressives say they wanted to progress with right. was progressing. It was actually happening. <laughs> right. I love using their word for right. that. Yeah. Okay. So the big lie was that because and what the big discovery was among the Democrats is they were not holding very well when it came to the black community. They needed more votes. And one way to guarantee that, they felt like, hey, look, if we show black people, and Johnson uh, you know, rephrased it in a, in a very different way, uh, if we showed them uh, that we are taking care of them, we'll have them voting for us for 200 years. Okay? And yeah, he didn't it say was, as nicely as I just right. said. It, okay? it was about votes, not them being prosperous. Right. It could, they couldn't care less. He, they needed to keep them down, okay, and and tell them, look, you know, we are the ones that are, that are here for you, okay. Um, now, famously, um, I think it was when Martin Luther King was was killed, uh, or some famous black leader was killed, that uh, there was a, a consolation uh, call made by Kennedy. No, so it wasn't Martin Luther King. It must have been somebody May else. Maybe Malcolm X. Uh, I forget who it was. No, Malcolm X was also uh, was in the late 60s. It was later, okay. It doesn't matter. The point is there was a famous black personality who was killed, and Kennedy was the first to make the call, uh, as opposed to some other Republican leader who didn't make it as quickly. Okay. 
that resonated, that echoed very nicely in the black community that Democrats were on their side. Can we, can we rewrite history a little and make it more accurate? That resonated very nicely in the media at the time. Well, that's fair. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Anyway, they needed to, to get black votes, and black votes they saw as essential to maintaining power. And that's how they did it. They did it with the Civil Rights Act, but more, more significantly, uh, with, and the perception that they somehow were the ones who pushed this. They, yeah. It's not true. Uh, but then the welfare uh, programs where they wanted, they encouraged people to uh, get into the welfare roles. They encouraged people to engage. You know, you, uh, this is, I think, the beautiful weave you've just done on this episode. You started with saying, here's all these things that are being negatively portrayed as white attributes, which is actually a backhanded slap in the most vile racist terms yep. against blacks. Yep. And here we come to the 1964 uh, story in our Wayback Machine mm-hmm. of that Civil Rights Act slash welfare programs, more of the Great Society programs, right, right. that implemented a system that record, that, that um, uh, rewarded slothful and negative behaviors into the future for a group of people so they could be controlled. Yes, I think exactly I just right. sound like Dr. Tom Soule there. <laughs> yeah, no, it was very good. I, I, I like the way you approached that. The point is that you know, you, you have these people saying these crazy things. Um, and, I, I mean, we, we are just seeing this kind of snowballing effect where anything goes, anything is said, anything needs to be believed. Whiteness is suddenly uh, the, the worst thing since sliced bread. And we've we got big problems here now. So I, I don't know how to even go about this, Ari. I, I, okay, look, let, let me move on to my last point about this. I was, I mean, we've, we've all seen Moss, right? What do they do? They go to the flame. Light. They yeah, go to the light flame. or go to the flame. And, and if they go to the flame, they often die because they go to the flame. You see dogs chasing cars, okay? Oftentimes at their own peril, right? You see goldfish overeating, okay? Whatever you feed them, that's what they'll eat. So you have to be very careful. What, you, know, you as the owner have to feed them only so much. Otherwise, they'll overfeed themselves and they'll die, right? And, and many other animals are, do things that are self-destructive. Right. They do things mechanically because they're not aware of the bigger picture because their mechanical behaviors hang are on. set up for a certain... Hang on, hang on. Don't, don't go there. I'm saying something a little different. You would think like, like the moss, the generations of moss, would talk to each other and say, let us learn from Grandpa Jerry who went attracted to the light, and he went to a flame, and he died. You don't, you don't want to be like that, Bobby, do you? <laughs> right? Oh, no, no. Jerry, what Jerry did was, was really wrong, and we need to learn from that. Right? So it doesn't happen. I mean, that's, a, that's not something that is passed down genera- generationally, right? That dogs don't learn to, to stop chasing cars. The moss don't learn to stop flying into the flames. And the lemmings don't learn to not go over the cliffs. And... And the, and the goldfish don't learn to, to eat just so much lest they die. It doesn't work that way. And what I'm saying to you is that wouldn't it be wise if we could somehow learn from the, from the past? Because all of these things have happened before, right? The minimum wage thing, uh, the, the low taxes thing, uh, the race relations thing, the, the fatherlessness issue. These things have happened many, many times. Um, before you, you just you, you have to um, 
you have to understand they've happened so many times before and you don't seem to understand to learn or, or be willing to learn from it. You are like the moth going to the flame again and again and again, generation after generation. No one's there to tell you, just like the moth. No, no one's there to tell you, you don't do that stuff. And yet you still do it. Okay, and, and this way you are dehumanizing yourself. It is the ultimate difference between humans on the one hand and animals on the other, is that we learn from our past. We, we can have this institutionalized process of learning from one generation, from history to the other. Animals don't know anything about history. Yeah. No dog has ever said, let us talk about the great history of canines, right? Yeah. Now you know why they're turning down the statues. Yeah, exactly right. right. They're turning down the statues. They have no sense of history. Not one of these people that turns on has been knocking down the statues. Thanks to themselves, wow, I wonder if I'm just like those French, those morons during the French Revolution, right? And whether we will lead to the same results of the French Revolution. I wonder, by embracing this thing called socialism that sounds so nice, that we won't be going down the exact same path that the Bolsheviks took the rest of Russia down. Right? I, I wonder, or, or, or Venezuela, or Cuba, or China, I mean, or, or, or Nazi Hitler, or Nazi Germany, rather. I, I wonder, but you're doing exactly the same thing. You are the moth going to the flame. And then you talk about getting rid of reason. I mean, at least, I, I don't know, say what you will about Hitler, but he never said, let's get rid of two plus two. Let's, let's get rid of the scientific method. I mean, he used it for, for incredibly evil purposes. But nevertheless, it wasn't that stupid. But maybe, maybe that's, but that is, that is the road toward fascism. Well, it is road toward tyranny. It is the road yeah. toward communism. Communism, fascism, same thing. Yeah, that's why I think your point is so strong, because how do we know this isn't worse than Hitler in a way? It, and what I mean by that is, imagine if Hitler won. Imagine if the Nazis took control of the entire world, or that set of ideas took control of the entire world, and the 1950s was the golden age of worldwide Nazism. Well, I would contend to you, by the 1960s, the world would have been plunged into the darkness of idiocy, complete moronity. And it would have only been a matter of time had the distillation of generations two or three generations past the Nazis uh, taken place, then they would have started consuming all history beforehand and right. getting rid of all knowledge and resulting in the type of moronic year zero we saw in Cambodia. But right. worldwide, not just in Cambodia, yeah. which is what we're thereafter here. Yeah. You know, there's this wonderful bulwark in America, which is two things. Lots of us who are really, really pissed off about this rate of vote and lots of us who uh, are, um, let's just say, uninfringed. Okay, that was right. not the case in other places, but I digress. The point is, it's clear that, similar to the brain drain that has occurred in China today because of communism, or occurred in the Soviet Union, which led to the wall and, and the Soviet collapse, would have collapsed and annihilated the, the, what came in the wake of Nazi Germany anyway. These people, Black Lives Matter, are just a little ahead of the curve right. of the Nazis in the plans. So they're not behind them. Right, right, right. Well, look, I mean, um, here's the problem. Um, that the, the, the Democrats, no, Black Lives Matter, have no sense 
of the understanding that that America itself is historical. It's it's based on history. Unlike any other country, America is itself based on history. What do I mean by that? I mean that the Declaration of Independence, for example, that was not a new system. I mean, it was a new system, of course, but it was a new system that dealt with the realities of history and the realities of human nature. And they said, look, these previous systems failed because they failed to understand human nature and they failed to understand God. And we are doing a system that recognizes the history. And because America and the founding fathers of America understood the failings of history and history itself, that's why they developed the system as they did. By contrast, what BLM, what the communists did, what the fascists did, is want to ignore history. They want to pretend it didn't happen at all. And to reimagine it in a way that had, without taking into account whatsoever, any of the multitude of issues uh, that, in, that invoke human nature. Yeah, and lead to something Craig calls wisdom. Yeah, right? well, it's wisdom. Yeah. But if you, if you don't do this, then you have tyranny, which nobody likes, or you have mayhem, which is a form of tyranny as well, uh, and you have the brutal suppression of human creativity. And that's, that's the beauty of, of, of America, is that it took into account history. It was built upon history. Yeah. and said, we are going to make it better because of history. BLM and all the fascist enterprises that exist today are built upon ignoring history and walking away from history and walking away from reality. And that's exactly what they want to do. They're, they're literally saying it. Rea the notion of reality is racist, is wrong in and of itself. And there you have it, my friends. All right. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you next week.